Today, I'll share with you copywriting tip number 583. <laughs> well, where'd I get that number? I made it up. Uh, I, I've probably shared at least 582 other great copywriting tips in other episodes in my past content, so we'll just go with it, right? My tip for you today is to make your writing invisible. Make your writing invisible. What the heck do I mean by that? Well, we'll cover that after the intro. These are the proven direct response marketing, copywriting, and entrepreneurship success strategies you can use today to write your own ticket and create the life you want. I am Roy Furr, and this is Breakthrough Marketing Secrets. Now, here's today's breakthrough. Okay, so as always, today's episode is sponsored by yours truly, aka me. <laughs> and uh, specifically, if you are catching this when it goes live on... February 25th, 2022, you have just a couple days to watch the replay of my uh, of my web class, an action plan for getting copywriting clients. So you can check the link in the description. It goes to btms.net slash copy clients, and you can sign up and you can get instant access to the replay of an action plan for getting copywriting clients. After Sunday night though, I don't know if you will find it there. Currently the plan is for that to come down and it's set to do so. Anyways, let's get on. Oh, and by the way, don't forget to like, comment, share, subscribe, do everything you can to engage with this episode so that you get more content like this delivered to you in the future and so the magical algorithms of the internet know to share this with you or with more people like you who will find it valuable. And there's other links in the description if you want to get more from me. All right, back to our copywriting tip. Uh, precisely numbered 583. Make your writing invisible. What does that mean? Well, let's start with my writing background before discovering copywriting. So I remember uh, when I got into writing, when I, I don't know, I, I, I was drawn to some of the old American authors, like especially Walt Whitman, uh, jumped out at me as like somebody that I really liked to read. And there were these other writers that had these flourishes to their writing. The, the writing was just so full of like detail and it sounded good and it conveyed these big ideas and all of this. And then I got into uh, this whole style of performance poetry called slam poetry, where you actually, you write a poem and you have to perform it in under three minutes. And at the end, it's judged by audience members. And the, there's a winner declared at the end of the night for who gets the highest score added up over a few different performances. And there's even national championships. And, and I got into like Saul Williams is just this incredible, incredible hip hop MC and slam poet and um, and just like all of the intricacies of the language and the lyricism. And even today, I really appreciate a really good lyricist and clever wordplay and all of that. And in all of those cases, there is a lot of attention being drawn to the writing and the writing style. And if you want to be, especially if you want to be like, a, if you want to be a poet, if you want to be somebody who writes for that performance aspect or for that entertainment aspect where the primary value that someone gets out of engaging with the writing is reading the writing itself or hearing the writing read aloud or, or spoken aloud, then yeah, there is there's a ton of value to being able to create this, this writing style that really pulls you in. And that's not like 
percent of the time, 99.9% .9 of the time as a copywriter, that's not what you want to be doing. You do not want your writing to be the attention, like what gets the attention out of the, the message, right? In copywriting, the message is the focus, not the writing. The writing should be invisible. The message should be what is put front and center. Now, I know that there are people who, in copywriting, they focus on things like, like rhymes to get attention and things like that. And in fact, um, there is actually a way that the brain works where we believe things that rhyme, we believe repetition. And so a little bit of that sprinkled throughout your copywriting can, uh, it, can, it, can it can put a nice polish on your writing. That said, the writers who've really mastered that that it's always in service of the message. And a little bit of a sidebar here, designers too, the best designers for direct response, for uh, response accountable advertising and marketing, know that the design is also not supposed to be the focus. The design is essentially supposed to be invisible. It's supposed to highlight the copy. And so if the copy is highlighting the message, not the writing, if the design is highlighting the copy, which highlights the message, then all of it is in service of this message. And that's good direct response. And your writing and, you know, thrown in the sidebar, the design should be invisible. Um, and what is, so what does, what does invisible writing look like if you're a copywriter? Well, number one, it is, it's all in service of communicating the message. Uh, there is typically a very conversational aspect to, uh, to, to writing that is invisible. It reads like somebody is just saying it to you in a conversation. When people have conversations, when people speak, they usually don't use perfect grammar. So the writing typically does not have perfect grammar. Again, it's all about just how do you make the point? How do you drive the point home? How do you communicate and convey the message? How do you make sure that the, the, the message that you want to get across is completely unmistakable and not lost inside fancy writing, right? And, and acknowledging my background, when I came into copywriting and marketing, I had to unlearn academic writing. I had to unlearn the stylistic writing that I was so excited about. I had to unlearn all sorts of different aspects of writing that made the writing the focus instead of the message. So again, your writing should be invisible. It's conversational. There's not perfect grammar, but I will, I, I will make the point that not perfect grammar does not mean that you can just have copy that's full of mistakes. I have this, this note here that there should be no distracting mistakes. So for example, most people, unless they are a grammarian or a, uh, an English teacher, they don't know if a sentence ends with a preposition. I don't know. I have made a, a small fortune as a writer being paid to write, and I don't know if a sentence ends with a preposition or not. I, I just don't know, right? So that's not what I'm talking about in terms of distracting mistakes, unless you're selling to a grammarian, in which case, like if you're selling grammar-related products and services, then you need to not end your sentence with a preposition if that's gonna turn off a major segment of your audience, because that is what would be considered a distracting mistake for that audience. 
Another, another thing, like for me, uh, an example of a distracting mistake, I see a lot of people who are, uh, who are copywriters who don't have English as their first language, but they're talking about writing copy. They're, they're writing about writing copy in English. And instead of saying, I write copy, I, I would like to be able to write copy like this, they say, I, write, I would like to write a copy. I would like to write a copy like this. How do you write a copy like this? And that addition of the word A, I actually noticed recently that Google Docs, like Google's grammar correction, is trying to force me to say write a copy instead of write copy. And, um, and, and that is what is a distracting mistake because it is not language how it is normally used by a native speaker of the language. And so if you're going to be writing, like one thing about being a successful copywriter, and this, this is actually a topic that I brought up in that um, action plan for getting copywriting clients is writing the right kind of copy. Part of that is just being a pretty good writer and being able to write clearly, write copy that is invisible, that conveys the message, right? And along with this, so all of this, the message being the focus and the writing being invisible, uh, I said it's conversational, not perfect grammar, with, there's no distracting mistakes in it. And typically the readability score, this is going to be tied to the whole conversational thing, the readability score is going to be fairly low. It's like golf where a low readability score is, or, or a low score is actually better. And so a readability score measures uh, the average person who reached whatever grade level is able to easily read this. So if it's a readability score of five, that means the average person who is past fifth grade is going to be able to read this. If it's a readability score of, like I used to pride myself on readability scores of like 16 and 18 and 20. And today I look at that stuff and it's just like, Bleh. it's just, ugh. <laughs> I don't like it at all. Um, so the, the readability score, what you're aiming for is the largest segment of the population to be able to easily read it. And somebody who has the capability to read something written at a 16th grade level does not necessarily want to spend all of their time trying to wade through a message that is full of complex language and sentence structure just to figure out if they want to buy a product or service. And so the reason we bring down our readability score, even for products that are being sold to highly educated people, is because when something is easy to read, people will read it without having to think about the writing, not having to interpret the writing. And so there is this subconscious gratitude that they have to the writer that, hey, this person made even a complex subject easy to understand. And so keeping your readability score low, I like to aim, like really you don't wanna go above seven, but I like to aim for five or lower because that's just the writing that is easy to read for the average person. And like, it, it's, it's, it's so easy to read that it is, again, back to, you know, writing tip number 583, writing that is written with a low readability score tends to be invisible. Now, another thing about invisible writing is it does not rely on the, on, on the reader to do the thinking. It conveys good thinking through the writing. So for example, you'll, you'll take an idea, you'll find the idea 
and you will present your compelling idea clearly so it's unmistakable, so you are taking the reader through the logical chain to the conclusion that you expect them to make, and you're doing it in a way where you're not forcing it on them, but you are communicating it clearly in a compelling way. And so it has to have good structure, it has to, it has to logically flow from one point to the next while also being emotionally compelling. And I know that's a lot to say, but good thinking, written well, is great copywriting. And it again, if you have done all the thinking and made every point as obvious as possible, and when there is any type of uh, ambiguous language, you make sure that you define it in that moment. You say, oh, uh, you know, options are the a contract that allow you to buy or sell stock when it reaches a certain price or, or at a certain price before a certain time period collapses. Um, just whatever was coming to my mind in that moment, right? So you're defining terms that may be a little bit ambiguous to the majority of the audience um, or to even a significant minority of the audience. So all of this is about like, I'm doing the thinking of how I can put my message front and center and make sure that it's completely and clearly and compellingly communicated for my audience. And when I do that, that's what is behind really good copywriting so many times. Uh, and when you're able to write copy like that, it makes all the other aspects. And, and this stuff shows up in the emails that you write to clients. This stuff shows up uh, in it shows up in the conversations that you're having because a good writer becomes a good communicator, a good communicator becomes a good writer. It shows up all over the place. It shows up like my my practice of this skill shows up in these daily episodes, even though I'm not actually writing the words, I'm structuring everything and I'm presenting it in a way where it's in conversational language and there's a little bit of a feeling of back and forth here and I'm hopefully not making too many distracting mistakes. And all of that contributes to good communication which is essential for good copywriting in general. And again, when you can write copy like that, and when you are demonstrating that on a regular basis, opportunities as a paid copywriter tend to be more abundant for you. Um, so if you'd like to dive in more into getting copywriting clients, including the right kind of writing, but to other decisions as well that will help you become more financially successful as a copywriter, have more success in your copywriting career and business. The uh, the web class that I did, an action plan for getting copywriting clients, is currently available for the next few days as an instant replay. You can go to btms.net slash copyclients. Again, the link is in the description. You can check that out and, um, and, and sign up there and get access to the replay. So I'm Roy Furr. This is Breakthrough Marketing Secrets. Every day I aim to help you grow your marketing genius one episode at a time, and even just being able to communicate clearly is massive when it comes to marketing genius put out into the world. And I hope that resonates with you, and I'll catch you again in the next episode. Thank you once again for tuning in to this daily episode of Breakthrough Marketing Secrets. Remember, check out the links with this episode for even more value. Now make sure you like, comment, share, subscribe, and engage in every way you can to keep this show going and growing and delivering daily value to you. I'll catch you soon for your next big breakthrough.